Hello and welcome back to the Butt Pie Podcast. I'm your host Oliver, and today I'm joined by Tom. All right, and we have Adam. Hello, how are we, boys? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah. Oh well. I mean, I could be better after the result of the weekend, but yeah. Uh, if you theoretically speaking, yeah, I'm good. Um, first of all, before we uh, go into that monstrosity at the weekend. FC Bournemouth, I know uh, both of you guys didn't make the trip, but obviously it was on Red Button, wasn't it? Yeah. So, but I'm guessing both of you must have watched it. I did. Yeah, it was, it's hard to kind of look back on that with positivity now after what happened on Saturday, but if we just focus on that game, it was, from us, um, we sat back, it took us a while, it wasn't pretty on the eye, was it, to start with, um, it, it didn't look like we were going to go at them. It, it no. was more like... It felt like in the first half an hour, it was more like waiting for Bournemouth to score. But And when yeah. they didn't, we were a bit like, oh, all right then. We've got a chance. Yeah, we we, yeah. we did all right. And it is hard to kind of look back at that now after sitting through 90 minutes on Saturday. But you've got to give them credit for getting the three points. But... It's hard to say after. I just see it as a bit of a fluke, to be honest. Looking back, um, I don't think we would do that again if we played them now. It, it was just one of those nights where everything went for us, and we had some good performances. McCann was brilliant. Um, I thought Whiteman was really good, um, and we could have scored a few more goals, like the Reese chance near the end, but. That Iverson save was probably the highlight of it all, wasn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. I've got nothing more to add to that. I think uh, Tom summed it up perfectly. Played very well. Good, solid uh, groundwork to build on uh, with the first half performance. Good defensive display. Not much going forward. Um, and other than Bournemouth's uh, couple chances, one where scored and... Um, the two were Iverson made that double save. I don't actually remember Iverson having much to do all game. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think I've seen someone comment on Twitter um, after the Forest game. McAvoy is a very good manager when the onus is on the other team to come and attack and we can counter that and uh, we can defend. But outside of that, we can't. We just don't have it in us to do anything else other than that. And I think that's why you see... Um, us play pretty well against some of the big teams. You think Bournemouth, you think West Brom, you think of possibly Coventry. Coventry. You'd even say Luton to a certain extent, even though they were crap. But Swansea, possession-wise. Swansea, yeah. yeah. So, you think of these teams, we did well against them. Um, Then you think of other games, Forest, Blackpool, these teams were, uh, you know, they're not particularly brilliant, specifically Blackpool. We're expected um, to take the game to them, aren't we? And exactly. And McAvoy doesn't have the uh, the tactics in place to deal with that. And I've, I'm sure we'll get on to that in a bit more detail soon. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, even those games that you've mentioned, uh, Forest and Blackpool, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was the, them being brilliant. I, I never no. felt like Forest or Blackpool even had to come out of second gear, really. No. Right. So, they just they just like seem to play in second gear all, day, all game long. 
Well, it's and true. We're, we're, make, we're making these teams look fantastic. And you look back on the Bournemouth game, it's the, sa- it's the same tactics and the same structure as the games before. It was the same yeah. against, I don't know, Liverpool. We were sat back, enticing pressure. And in the first, what, 30 minutes or so, uh, we never really e- even got out of our own half. We were just no. enticing pressure. We were never really going out. Well, when we were on the Neil, we used to go at the big clubs. And I understand, like, we do still play well against bigger teams. But we used to go at them. Like, remember Leeds on Boxing Day? Leeds at home underwear that season. You, you know, you know, understand what I mean? Went at yeah. them. And there was a difference in the counter-attack. Now, now you look at the counter-attack of North End. We get the ball no, we uh, don't. from a That's corner. The issue. Well, this is what I mean. We have the ball on the corner. We don't even have a single person up. So no. when we clear it, to have a chat, why don't we have Emil Reese up there? Because he can take it past two or three people easily. Or albeit he can't score one on one sometimes. Yeah. We've got much we've got a much better opportunity of gaining a counter attack by having someone, you know, on a halfway line. I mean, are we really that bad at defending corners and set pieces that we have to have absolutely every player back? Just on the point of counter-attacks, um, where me and Tom were stand, uh, standing for the Forest game, um, everybody around us had the same opinion of Josh Earl. Every time he got the ball, and he, were, he had a massive gap to run into or something like that, or he had a good chance to you know push forward while Forest defence were out of place. He, wouldn't, he, he just didn't have it in him. He, he had to turn around, slow the player down, let all Forest get back and organised, and then the chance is gone. Then I think well, there must have been two or three it. times. Two or three it, times, me, Tom, and the rest of us said, "That's early again. He, he needs to stop being so slow with the ball." Well, and, it's structured, though, isn't it? It's yeah. structured. So I mean, it, if you if you get Josh Earl and you, the management team says, "Hey." Bomb up and down that wing. I guarantee you, won't be cutting inside. Yeah, don't, don't get down. me wrong. I love Josh Earl. I think he's much better than Cunningham. I think Earl should be playing every game. I think he'll be a really, really, really good player when he's uh, older, especially. But even at the minute, I think he's a very good championship player. But especially on Saturday against Forest, there are a couple of times where you think, "Can you do a bit more there, Josh? Can, do you have to turn around there? You know, can you be a bit quicker um, going forward there?" Uh, it was very, very noticeable, especially in the first half. Well, what I would say also on Josh Earl is he, he's he's been sent out on loan a couple of times and he's come back in and pretty much out of nowhere. At the start of the season, you probably wouldn't have select. You, at the start of the season, you probably wouldn't have had him in uh, the no. starting eleven. But he's kind of come from nowhere again, like he did from uh, Alex Neal. Yeah, in twenty seventeen. Um, yeah, exactly. So he's come in now. And he's playing championship football Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. It's it's take he's probably gonna take a toll on him sometimes that it's gonna be like, come on, you know, it needs to be eased yeah. back into it. But he's been Frankie stuck to these players and he's not really changed it. Besides yeah. with like a few knocks and injuries, there's never been really anything that's changed from his players or his systems. Yeah. Like as that that is a very important point. I but, think it might have been said in a previous podcast. Um, obviously, Bauer went off injured at the weekend. We're not too sure how long that'll be at the minute. Possibly a couple of weeks, but even then, 
It's oh, uh, no. Achilles tendon, and it could be way longer than that. Could fl- could flare up. Uh, you think you think not. of you think of Bauer, who's already been off. Sep, Reese, Earl, Whiteman to an extent. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Maguire to a certain extent. He were injured at the weekend. All that they've been playing twice a week for several weeks, week in week out. For in in terms of McCann and Sep. They're playing for the country as well now. Well, the seven players they're saying they want to do that or not. That that your management needs to take some responsibility there and give them a rest when they need to, because well, you can see that they're not performing to the best at the minute. The problem is with that though. We don't. We they have to play because the backups are so much yeah worse than what if we had quite talking cheese in it that old squad with some players that you don't really notice if they're not in there and they're all around the same level. But if you take out, you can't be taking out half of these players because if you do take them out, as we saw on Saturday, that's what happens when <laughs> Bauer goes off. You can't yeah. afford, even though Bauer's been out for months, we can't afford to give him a rest because look what happens when we do give him a rest. Well, not a rest, he's not playing. Look what look what goes on. So there's not The entire team fell apart, didn't they? Yeah. Um, but wrapping up on Bournemouth... Um, because I feel like we've gone off on a tangent, even though yeah. we are going to come back onto it. I'm I'm not knocking anyone because that it was a brilliant away result, beating the unbeaten Bournemouth. And you know, you know what? I felt I felt at the time when I was watching it, I was thinking, you know what? This is so North End. I was like, you know what? Maybe may, may, maybe there is something, but there was always something in the back of my mind thinking. It would be so pressing North End to beat Bournemouth and then get tanked off Nottingham Forest at the weekend. And it was always an inkling in the back of my mind. Yeah. And the sec- the second I started watching the Forest game, I-, I was watching it, I was thinking, you know what, something's not right here because this doesn't look like the team from the second half at Bournemouth. This This looks... Totally different. Like they didn't show up at all, and these players. I mean, McCann didn't really have a good game at the weekend. Whiteman probably unlucky with the penalty, but you've got to be belting that out about five five years before he even tried. He was like trying to get it under control. But then again, yeah. talking about counter attacking, he took the ball down, and there's like nine players still in our still in our box, like. So what, what? Where's he supposed to put it? Is he supposed to put it in, in the Trent end? You know what? What? What, what is he supposed to do as a player there? Because he'll get he'll get abuse off the fans. And I know on previous podcasts we've had a go at Ben Whiteman for yeah, we're, he's collected the ball just on the inside or outside the box, and he's levered it up to no one. So is that Whiteman's fault or is it? Hey, let's have a think about it. Let's stick Emil Reese up from a corner and let's have some chance of being able to retain the ball before inciting more pressure or a penalty. Well off from the throw as well that led to the penalty. We were yeah. Whiteman wasn't even looking the right way when the throwing was taken. Half of them were fast asleep, which is just a concentration issue and it's not something that should be happening half an hour into a championship game. They should be always alert, but Hugh switched off, Whiteman switched off, Earl, they all switched off, and it's just 
such a soft. All three of the goals were soft to give. Absolutely, all three of them were terrible to be honest. And have to even work for any of them. Like no. I know, but like it was just sloppy play. Same with Bournemouth goal on Wednesday night. I, that goal was avoidable. Once again, we're just letting them come towards us and not closing them down. And on another day. We, we lose that game and if low scores that chance and we definitely don't win it and there's a good chance we we don't get any points from it and it's just always happening it's the same mistakes which is the frustrating thing because Def- defensively shocking we are we are and we, it's strange we're set up we... to be defensive though that that's that's what's so weird we're set up to be defensive we play five at the back and three central midfielders most of the time being Whiteman, who's also a defensive midfielder, and McCann, who likes to tackle here. And that's seven, eight players, including the goalkeeper, that's set up to defend. Now, I don't care who you are. That is just, that is so negative. It's unbelievable. Now, you look at, obviously, we're not on the same level. You look at these bigger teams in the league, you think of Bournemouth, they're playing this expansive football. You think of, you know, Coventry when they came, they had two centre-halves on the halfway line and everyone else were in our half. Now, we just, we don't have it in, in us. And again, uh, I said it before, and we'll come on to it again, I'm sure, um, in the future or in the second half of the pod. It's down to the tactics from the manager. Um, and, yeah, I'm not too sure where what else to say about it. It's tactically inept and it's not good enough. Mm. I agree. Um, personally... And I, I'm not I'm not one out for going and slating people, but I I don't think I don't think Frankie's better than any manager tactically in the league. No, at not all. I, I I can't I can't name another manager that I could think that he's well has the same tactical knowledge. Like in the league, there was obviously Russell Martin at. Swansea, and he was just setting. He, he just got the team raring to go. Uh, um, Deepdale, he's literally just got the job. And I, w- I watched um, Swansea uh, the other day or so. I- I'm not sure what score it was. Uh, it ended up being, but you could tell how how much different they played. They're yeah. like passing out from the back. They did lose four nil to ball. Yeah, exactly. It reminded, it reminded me of Coventry as well. So yeah. I I was very impressed by Coventry. I thought thought they should have been two up by half time, but you know you don't you don't take your chances, you don't score, and I feel lucky by the fact that a Reese pop shot well flew into the top corner. Well, that's the you thing know. that I've been thinking. Like a lot of the results that we've gained points from, they've been through. I don't feel like it's through good tactics. It seems to be either a slice of luck or a moment of magic. Like there doesn't seem to be yeah. like a well worked goal that we score. Like Reese against Luton, he smashes that in and we go one nil up. Otherwise it stays at nil nil for we get the penalty as well. Those two goals, they're they're quite they're not well worked goals really, are they? Like it's a bit of luck and same with the Coventry game, we score a header that's unbelievable from Bauer and then an absolute wonder strike from Reese again. Like these aren't like we're passing our way through teams and if we go behind we look devoid of ideas and it's just quite obvious to see really. And against Bournemouth, 
that first half an hour, nine times out of ten, you probably do concede in those that first half an hour, and then there's no way back into the game. Luckily well, for us on that day, we managed to stay in it. We get a, a slice of luck from the first goal with it being put into the box. It somehow rebounds to Whiteman and he puts it in nicely. And then we've got a foothold in the game, but it's not been through great patterns of play that have put us in. If you go and concede, uh, luckily, luckily that we didn't, actually. If you go and concede to a side like Bournemouth, you know... You're going to have to come out fighting out of the blocks. And, I mean, no offence to Coventry, they've been flying this season. But you you, you come out, what, Jefferson Lerma, Ben Pearson, Gary Cahill. But they're brilliant players comparing to, you know, Coventry's defensive. You know, it's... I'm not trying to say that I'm going out and slating Coventry because they've been brilliant this season. I think Mark Robbins has done a fantastic job of it. But... You, you you go let Bournemouth go one 0 up. They're unbeaten in the league. Yeah, it's, you, you know, it's a gamble lifestyle. It's a it's a huge gamble. You can't allow teams to come onto you for the first half an hour, hoping and chancing that they don't score, so that they tire out for the latter end of the game. Then you're willing and hoping on either Reese to have a moment of magic or something else because it didn't happen against Forest, and we're going to get onto that now. I mean, I personally, I've not really got much to say besides what what, I, what I've heard, and well, I'm I sure that's where me and Tom come in. Yeah, then, well, I, I, we've got a lot to say. Well, what I will, what I will what like to say is, and I've been talking to uh, you both before, and it's about Brad Potts. Oh Jesus Christ! Well, do we have to? Well, we do. Because I un- I understand that he's not in a rich rich no. run of form. Like, let's let's put it there. I think you're being very kind on him. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. No, no. But what I am saying is, he comes on the pitch, right? He, he's co- he's come from Barnsley for one point two five million. He's played as a right mid and a centre midfielder, and an attacking Mac- midfielder and Fra- a striker. Right, Frankie McAvoy is playing him as a striker. He's not uh-huh. a, like the, no offense to Brad Potts, he's not a striker, and you can see that. That's like us going and sticking Ben Whiteman on top. Yeah, like it just wouldn't work. So, yet again, Brad Potts is getting literally all the criticism for someone lumping him there. That, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, trying to, go out, I'm not trying to go out there and shed the blame for Brad Potts because. He's he's been very poor recently, but some of the blame has to go on Frankie. And I mean, it, if if the only moment that North End fans cheer on an away game off. is Brad Potts going off, yeah, then something's definitely wrong. There is yeah. there should be no P and E fan that cheers a player going off at all. Well, well. and I mean, no, I just want to say because like. Mental health and all that comes into it. Like he signed a deal until twenty twenty four, so the club obviously believe in it. Twenty twenty four, Jesus Christ, worse than a four. Oh my god, I thought it was to twenty twenty three. So, no, but this is what I mean, though. Like the club oh believes god. in him, so so that's the first. I personally don't think he's as bad 
as people make out to be, because he's getting played in, in a position that is it's not his fault. I I, I don't right. believe he should be starting. Personally. He has to score on Saturday though. It's not matter he does. position. He, he does he does have to score. But what I wouldn't advocate is people cheering when he goes off. Well, me and Tom both cheered, and I I I, I, I for one. I'm proud that I did cheer because he was shite and he should never be anywhere near the first team or subs bench or even in the fucking 25-man squad. He's not good enough. And that's not a a diss to Brad Potts. He is just not good enough for this level. He shouldn't be nowhere near It's not his fault at the end of the day. Yeah, this is what I mean, Tom. He's not... It isn't Brad Potts' fault. So the blame shouldn't go on Brad Potts. Like, I... I'm not sure what you were cheering. Were you, were you cheering? Like Cheer, I was cheering McAvoy's decision to bring him Ma- Ma- Right, so you were cheering McAvoy's decision. Yeah. I weren't doing it to get a dig in at Brad Potts. And I'm, well, well, I'm 99% the... sure 99% of Preston fans were doing it for the same reason me and Tom were. Now, the, the only way... Now, this is my argument to this. I don't know of any other way that we can communicate to Frankie McAvoy, Risdale, whoever, in, in a vocal way where we know that they they realise and they they hear our complaints Opinion. other than when we're at the, the ground. Now, the only physical way for us to tell McAvoy that we liked the fact that Brad Potts wasn't playing, i.e. when he was getting subbed off, was to cheer the fact he were going off. Now, he should be nowhere near the squad, and I've already said that point, but if if we don't cheer when he goes off and McAvoy instead thinks that it's a good thing that Brad Potts is saying is playing, <laughs> now, where does that leave us as a club? We're scared to say what we really think, and where are the people who were, who were uh, paying our hard-earned money to go and watch this shower of shit? I think we, we travelled in numbers to Nottingham Forest, and nobody can ever say that we don't back the team when they do well. We travelled in numbers to Forest, we sold out Blackpool well. in two days, and we took three hundred to Bournemouth on a Tuesday night. We don't. We it's not a fact of us not backing the team or not liking the team. It's a fact of these stupid decisions made by McAvoy and mainly Peter Risdale. And they're ever, they never refuse to to acknowledge the wrong. Potts has been playing all season. Risdale has failed to acknowledge the recruitment were terrible and that McAvoy isn't the right person for the job. And they refuse to admit that they're wrong. And the only way we can put our point across is letting them know vocally. Well, I agree with that because at the end of the day, it's whoever, well, I presume it's Risdale that's given in the new contract, so that's made a terrible decision. Then the yeah. fact that Brad Pot Frankie looks at Brad Potts and before that Nottingham Forest game and thinks playing him up top is going to get us a three point fight. Who? No, I don't know one person that's associated with Preston North End that would have said against Forest, let's put Brad Potts up top. It is a sackable decision. It it's so tactically inept and stupid, and there's no good reason for him to do it it's honestly extremely concerning that that was a decision that was made in the best interest of Preston North End before well, that game and I just don't understand it what I would say is both of you are making a point now that it isn't the player's fault 
Oh, well, well, it was his fault for getting out of the way for the second goal. I'm missing right. an open Right, right. I'm so, missing but, an open but, but besides, besides the playing on the pitch... Well, that's, it, that's a two-goal swing that could have gone in our way, Ollie. If he scores that and yeah, I, gets I, in the I way understand, that, I understand that, Adam. I do understand that, and I think he's played really poorly on, on Saturday. But what I'm asking you is, is it all Brad Potts' fault for the fact that he's having to play striker? No, I don't think it's all Brad Potts' fault. I, I, I personally feel, I, I personally feel like it, it's it's shadowing the mate. Like Brad Potts got a lot of scrutiny online, and I and I felt really, I, I felt really sorry for him because I understand no, that he didn't have a me. good game. Well, no, but this is what I mean. Brad Potts is the main person who's getting the abuse on Saturday. Why, why should it be him? Because he was absolutely... No, because he was gassed. No, no, but why, why, sh- why should it be him? Why should it not be Frankie McAvoy? Why should it was Frankie McAvoy getting it as well. It was yeah, Frankie. but... Right, so it is Frankie. Yeah, Frankie. No, it's McAvoy and Potts. You and... can't just deflect the blame. So what about Ridsdale? What yeah, about Ridsdale for bringing him to the club? Ridsdale getting pelters as well. I, I hey, I'll, read, I'll read a tweet anymore. out from um, this Twitter account that I follow. It's called... Hang on, let me get it up. It's called the Gentry PE, right? Um, and this is another topic that I think we're going to discuss, and it's apathy around the club. You know, the feeling of we don't care if we win or we lose because we're disconnected with the club. Mm-hmm. He says 70% is Peter Risdale, 20% is Frankie McAvoy, and 10% is recruitment, which is by the by. And uh, he basically goes on to say that it'd be easy to lift the fan base to give our club back. In insinuating that it's Risdale and um, Frankie that's at fault, and mainly Peter Edsdale, obviously, with 70%. Now, you can't tell me that Risdale and Frankie weren't getting pelters over the weekend because they were. Potts were getting his fair share as well, as he should, but Peter Risdale and Frankie McAvoy were as well. Yeah, I think it's. And there were massive calls for Frankie to be sacked. Well, this this is what I want to say, though. Like the apathy towards the club, if you as you've mentioned. So we've not we've like even just now, we've got disagreements on players. We've got disagreements on the manager, and we've got disagreements on the advisor. Well, yeah. or, or or whatever. I mean, yeah. Peter Ridsdale, he's got voted onto the EFL board, and he's a director at Preston. Uh, yeah. So he's not going to be leaving anytime soon. No, no, like. Sense. We we we've with the Hemmings family still in charge. Peter Ridsdale will still still be in charge. Uh, um, we've also got Frankie, who's yeah he's he, he's won three and five, but he's also won three in the last twelve. So yeah. which, which which one are you looking at? Are you looking at the small picture yeah. or the massive picture? Because I know yeah. I, I I understand what the what the club will be looking at, and that's going to be the smaller picture because. Well, it, what what the feeling is is the club's been looking at the smaller picture for a very long time. Yeah, the club replaced John Hugill with David Nugent on a two-year contract. The club replaced Callum Robinson with Josh Ginelli. The club replaced Ben Pearson with no one. They replaced Ben Davis with Liam Lindsay. They replaced the, 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 Cunningham the, with the, nobody, and then the, Cunningham the, three years later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The club are looking at the smaller picture. They, they've given Greg Cunningham, which 
I love Greg Cunningham, but he's not the player that he was when he was first at the club. No. Given him a two and a half year contract. We were given Chad Evans a two and a half year contract, which I mean, fair enough, he was okay last season, but he's a thirty three year old striker who we got on a free from League One as a, as our number nine. He's literally got the number nine on the back of our shirt. And could yeah. I see him getting anywhere near the squad this season? No. We brought in Connor Wickham, which understandably might have been a good move, but didn't work out. Okay? We've got Izzy Brown, unlucky, another one-year contract. The, the club's recruitment is looking at the smaller picture. The whole club is like... It, so... No, it, it is. But the main thing is recruitment. Like... Yeah. You could even you could even look at the training ground as well. Like we had playing permission for Ingle, didn't we? And that we never happened. And then unfortunately, Wigan went up. And I I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to go there with the training ground. It's the same, but but concept with Frankie as well because he's not gonna take us. I said in a tweet after the game. We aren't going to progress with Frankie because no. he's just not good enough. And he might pick up the odd result through a bit of a fluke like at Bournemouth the other night that will keep him in the job longer than he deserves to be. But he fell into this job by chance at the end of the day. He had some good results at the end of last season in some friendly games and that's what got him a job. And then now we're, we're starting to struggle and we've been... He's been bailed out on a lot of occasions by Iverson, a lot of occasions by Reese. On Saturday, we're 2-0 down at half-time. You think the second half, we're going to come out and we're going to have a go at them. <coughs> we have one shot with, in, with 50, 65% possession in the whole second half. One shot in a whole half when we're 2-0 down at half-time. It's just absolutely disgraceful, to be honest. And I've been on every away game but one or two the season and I'm sick to death of coming off thinking be I'm embarrassed. I'm not I don't feel proud of the club at the minute. Like I have no reason to to like be excited or, or want to well, care and it's upsetting. It's well what I would like to ask to you Tom is what would you need to change your, your feelings towards the club? A bit of a bit of tra- co- communication. Some communication tells where we stand, what the long-term ambitions are, a bit of a plan in place. Because I know that we're not going to win every week. I've never expected us to win every week. I don't. It's not realistic to, to think that we will. But what I do want is to know that we're going in the right direction and we're all pulling in the in the same direction and that we yeah. want we all want the same. We all want Premier League football. That's what we want. We're told by the people higher up that that's what we they want as well. Obvious that we're not. So we're being played as mugs really. We're not being treated correctly and we just want to be know where we are. If they just want to say, right, we're we are where we are, we're we're not gonna push further then fine, and that will be me done. I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and accept that. But if they just let us know what the plan is, we can look at making some solutions to to that. Because at the minute we're just existing. It's just boring. You look at Blackpool. Like they have some real planning manager that's that's young and hungry. They've got an owner that really has a a passion for the club and I know we, we did as well and but we don't know where that's going at the minute with the ownership mm. uh, and then they've got players that 
they, they feel a connection to the fans. Yeah. Um, They've got players who want to play for the club. Do, yeah, that's it's, what I was going to say. It's, yeah. it's sad, like, on Saturday, you see um, Steve Cooper after the after yeah. the game exactly going, up to the, going to the Forest fans and giving them the fist pump three times. When has that yeah. ever, ever, ever happened at North End? It hasn't. And it just yeah. feels like we're just always put in second place. And it's just like, it's almost like we're an inconvenience to the club, it feels to me at times. Like, it probably was that playoff squad of 2015 that was the last one you really thought cared. And there have been a few teams since that. I, I enjoy, Alex Neil brought a bit of pride back for a few years. But then, look, he's been treated poorly. That ended up um, not getting to where we wanted it to go. And now we've just gone and brought in his, his, the person that put the cones out for him. Like... You just you just want to cry sometimes with this club, and it's really sad because I think Saturday just really hit home for me when I was just sat there. It's, it's the sixth away game I've done this season, sixth or seventh, and I've seen two goals, and they were both in the same game. And you just think, what's the point? And I, that is the most worrying thing. And I think I saw John Roper say that it, apathy is the most worrying thing to the club. And it is. You saw so many people leaving after 60, 70 minutes on Saturday. And you just don't... What is enticing new fans to the club at the minute? We have nothing that's wanting you to come down to Deepdale when there's clubs doing on the... Dare I say even Blackpool, right now you'd look and think, look at their atmosphere, look at what they're building, their excitement. Why would you choose North End over over them at the minute? And same with pretty much any club within a 50-mile radius of us right now. We're just we're just a nothing club at the minute, and it's really, really sad. What, what I would say is we we did that three-for-two offer, obviously, and I, I, don't, I don't think many people got enticed by it. Well, if, if they did, and uh, so what? Three-for-two, we play... Are you really going to come back after that? The derby match, the five-pound, was a great idea from the club to uh, allow people to compare their respects for Trevor Hemmings. But I, f- I feel like it also was, like, maybe, like, I'm not I'm not too sure, but it was it was one for, like, the pressing community to maybe reconnect with their club. And if he came on after Derby and then watched us again, there's still that not that connection there. Like, off the field, I feel like it's been brilliant, like with the fan zone and the supporters collective with uh, Ben coming on and telling us how far they've got with that. And I feel like that's been a brilliant step taken by the club. But now it's on the pitch that needs to be changed because the club's changing off the pitch for the better, but on the pitch it needs to change too. Uh, I'm going to come to you now, Adam, as well, is what... Well, it's the same question as Tom. What would you need to change for, well, your feelings towards the club at the moment? Literally, the 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 last part that Tom ran about a connection. Now, I probably shouldn't say this, and it's probably the same for 50, 60% of Preston fans. Preston could charge, realistically, a lot of money, but it's my club. I'll... I don't, they could spit in my face for all I care. I will come and watch North End week in, week out. It's my club. I've watched them since I were two, three years old. 
it's just I, I don't know any different now. For me to come and be enticed and enjoyed North End, that would be a different story for me. It, it's having the connection to the to the club, to the fans, uh, not to the fans, to the the players, the management. Um, you see, you know, you see, like Tom said, Steve Cooper at the weekend with the three pumps. It, it literally the exact same as Tom. When have you ever felt that? Um, my, I were quite young when um, Simon Grayson were in charge, so I do remember it. Um, and that playoff winning squad was the last team that I truly felt a connection and players who who you really related to and you liked. You think of Clark Huntington, you think of Johnson and Nett, a Preston lad, you think of Garner up front, a Preston fan, Beckford scoring however many goals it was in the second half season, like 20 in a season or whatever it was. You think of, I don't know, Brown, Kilkenny, John Welsh. You think of all these players and you think these are proper, proper players. And these are players who you'd, you'd want to have by your side in a battle. No, no questions asked. I look at the squad and specifically the management is what does it for me. And you think... If if you could, would you have another player or would you have another manager? And that's what it is for me. We're settling for second best. We're settling literally for an assistant, which is a second best manager. We're settling literally for Greg Cunningham four years past his prime. We're settling for um, lawns to cover patches. We don't really have a proper right back. We've still not covered for Darnell Fisher. And we're settling for a lawn to patch up, you know, patch up gaps in the team. We're settling for Iverson. Where I'm not, I'm not too sure why Iverson were brought in. I thought Rudd was okay. He was oh, no, Rudd, Rudd had an injury, didn't he? He had a torn yeah. ass, didn't he? Um, <laughs> that's one way of putting it. Um, but yeah, and Iverson has shown that with a, a good keeper, we're we we are an okay team. Without um, Iverson, we're nothing. Uh, yeah. This season, without Iverson, we we personally below Derby. Yeah, and and again for me, I think I, the point's been made quite a few times. We've got this season. The league is probably one of the worst in terms of quality. You've got no disrespect to Luton. Luton were in the playoffs a week ago. Blackpool were in the playoffs a week ago. Coventry just come up from League One. Again, he's done a brilliant job, like you said before, Mark Robbins. No disrespect there. They, these are teams that we have beat Coventry and Luton. We have beat two one and um, two nil. Now, the the frustrating part to me is we've got such a, a good squad if it's utilised properly. You think of Iverson, probably for me the best keeper in the league. Yep. Sep. You think of Bauer. I know he's out at the minute. But you think of Whiteman, McCann, Reese, Ledson wow. to an extent, Brown, DJ. You think of Bartow. even Earl to an extent. Yeah, these are these are all good good players, um, and they're just not being utilised by the the manager who, for me, has to go. And I'm sure we're going to come on to that soon. Well, um, that is my next point actually. How both of your boys feelings towards Frankie McAvoy, and I know, well, I, I've said it multiple times, he's not he's not the right man for me. 
long term. Mm. But what I would say is short term for the club because the club. I've mentioned it before. The club, the club has ha- always looked at the smaller picture. Realistically, for me, because well, when it came to recruitment and probably even when it came to Frankie McAvoy's appointment, because he's he's won five five and eight. Uh, and that's a smaller picture. He's won five and eight, but the bigger picture is he's won five and eight against who? He's won five against the latter end of the season of teams who are safe and teams who don't need to play for anything. The team who they did need to play against was Brentford, and we didn't. And we lost. Really. And we lost five nil. So, in you know, losing five nil. In in any game, no no matter how to, no matter to Manchester United, no matter to Liverpool, five nils a compelling result, mm. right? Brentford were a fantastic side. Did we beat them four two last season? Yeah, beating four two away. We were two nil with Alex Neil, right? We went two nil down, and we scored. We scored four in what? I don't know. It's like, it's it's about like half an hour. Yeah. No, wait, even that was like 15 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. Four. Yeah. Well, they were the days where you had... You Brad always Potts had the scored. League. Brad Potts scored. Didn't he Jesus, score so they must have been shit then. Fucking hell. No, right, he was rare. Again. Brad, Brad Potts scored, scored then. And he was utilised. But I'm going back to Brad Potts. Brad Potts was utilised correctly by Alex Neal. And in in the uh, in the COVID year, the end of the COVID year, when we came back, Brad Potts was our best player. He was decent. That he was he was super because he was used in the right position. He was utilised to his main ability. When you think of these big games, and you think of who Alex Neal, well, for, for our strategy, he was brought in for Alex Neal. He was brought in because he wanted him for the big games to have a running tag. In the big games. Brad Potts played correctly in the right system, turned up. Yeah. And now he's been utilised by the management as a striker and he's getting scrutinised for something that isn't his fault. And that's, that, that's, that's why my point yeah. is standing. And, and I, I know people may think, or listeners may think, that I'm a huge Brad Potts fan. I, I, I'm not. I'm just trying to show the points is like, these players are better than they're, they're showing. Uh, yeah, they're better than they're showing. But I, I, I won't I just say better than they're showing. But I mean, these players are getting. Uh, it's so hard to put. It's so hard to put into words, though. Substandard Tom. management is what I'd say. Not well, yeah, but it's the recruitment it's not, as well. Like, level. it's not their fault. It's the recruitment as well. Like. Brad Potts, he was brought in for Alex Neal's style of play. Alex Neal's left. We brought in Frankie McAvoy, who's, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> he's shit. Well, it's no. the end of it. But he's not a tactical manager. And these players, these, these players need a tactical manager. They need some sort of structure. They need a plan. They don't yeah. need, they don't need to be told to sit back. Every set piece, every corner, have everyone in the box. They need, they need, they need a leader. They need, and we need, we need better players bringing in for the squad. 
because although the squad's got, you know, we're, we're struggling to fit all the players into 25, I can name about 12 of them who won't go into any other championship squad. I'm not. I'm not going to go out and just throw a couple names out because, you know, like I I know I've mentioned a few names before, but that's recent terrible recruitment by the club. But what yeah, I would um, say is there's a there's a, like albeit we've got a good starting eleven, but you look past that and you look at the people in the rest of the squad and you're thinking why why. We're, we're, and as you said, we're settling for second best. We're yeah. settling for second best recruitment, and that's been that's been there a while. Yeah, I mean, we, we are. Aren't we? I, 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 I agree, and I, 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 I want to praise the club recently for McCann, Whiteman, and Reese. But that's three in about eleven players. So we brought in, I don't know, seven other, seven or eight other players for three good players. So yeah. What we need to cut out these, you know, seven or eight other players. You bring in, we used to be a team and a club who used to bring in these young, exciting players from big, big clubs, Aston Villa, like Callum Robinson, Daniel Johnson, and Ben Pearson. Why have we stopped? Why, why have we stopped bringing in players that want to play for the badge and want to have a chance to take their football to the next level? To yeah. use our club as a stepping stone, we're not, we're not, we're not the big time club. We aren't. We're, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not invincible. Well, we are. We are the original invincibles. I want to say, but we're not invincible because Emma Reese he scores. I don't know twenty twenty five goals at the end of the season, and a, a Premier League club comes calling. He's not going to go. You know what? I'm going to stay at Preston. He's not. He's going to better his career for himself. And that's what we need to look towards. We need to look towards players who want a chance to impress. We need to stop looking towards players who are 26, 27. I don't know, going on the latter end, 30, 32. Players who have gone around the block. Albeit, I know you need experience, but you've got experience in Alan Brown. You've got experience in Daniel Johnson. Players who've been at this club for ages. You've got Sean Maguire as well. A player who knows what the club means. You've got these players. You've got Josh Earl. He's been in the club for I don't know how long. These type of players know what it means to the club. And you need to bring in these players who want to play, not just for the badge, but play for themselves to better themselves. You need to bring in players who want to get to the top level. You don't want to bring in players who are happy staying at this level and is the top. And the championship being the top of their ability, you need to be finding Callum Robinson's Premier League quality. I don't know, understand how he's still in the championship. Jordan Hugill, he went to the Premier League. You know, Ben Pearson, he's going to the Premier League. Ben Davis went to the Champions of England, right? I understand we didn't sign Ben Davis because he came through the academy, but the, you, you understand, Emil Reese will play in the Premier League. Or, or, or a top flight division. I can Bold guarantee statement. it. I can say it now. Emil Reese will play in the top division. Ali McCann will play in the top division. Yeah, I agree with that. We need... Uh, yeah, right. The rest of the signings will not. They won't. Bold statement again. 
Whiteman, you don't think? No, well, I, I've men- I mentioned Whiteman. I, I mentioned Whiteman again, right? And I mentioned him in good signings. And he's a possibility. But what I was mainly looking at is the seven or eight players that were yeah, poor signings. They, they won't. They won't. They won't. Oh, no, unless... no the, I agree. There is no chance. Oh, he already has, and there's no chance Cunningham plays in It's not. It's a, the boys. It's the same things that were repeated time and time again, and it's just. Yeah. It's it's going to get to a stage, and the apathy in the club, as people have said, it's going to come to fruition. It's going to come where loyal fans are going to get to the stage of thinking, you know what. I've tried. I, I've tried thinking differently. I've tried for so long. The club aren't listening. There's no change. Why should I care? Like, it's yeah. already happening. It's, I've already it seen a, quite a few tweets and comments about that already and people that have been supporting the club for years and years and they've just lost interest. Cause well, this is what I mean. Why, why should we care? Why should we care as a, like, why? Because... We shouldn't. Nothing. Why? Why? Like right now, you, you're just doing it through loyalty, and you just have that glimmer of hope that something will just change and will click within the club. But if they're still like maintaining that Frankie's the right man for the job and just delaying the no, inevitable, no, 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 then stuff like that is it's not going to help. Like sort out the. The connection with the fan base it's just going to make people more and more worked up more people are going to leave then we're going to have less money to play with and it, it's just a cycle it's and it's going to carry on happening and there's just that is the frustrating thing and i've said it um that this is reversible there's ways of yeah. making this everyone feel connected and the downward excited. spiral has happened has started and it started two seasons ago there Every, it's not impossible to change at all. I understand. I'd rather, and I've mentioned this. I know it sounds bad, but I'd much rather be. In, I'd much rather be a club in League One if I knew there was a plan. If there was something to hang on to, and there was something, maybe maybe it's just my own thoughts because it's got that bad at the moment. But. I'd rather, as fans, we need something to grasp onto, and there's nothing at all. Yeah. And it's got it's got to the stage now where you, I understand you cheer you cheering managerial decisions to bring players off. That that's where the club's got to. It's toxic. It is. It is, and you could see it coming from. Oof, I'd say. The fourth podcast, yeah, in our probably. I'd say the second one, the whole, the whole game, yeah. Well, you could see it. It's and it's slow. It's just slowly been going down and down and down. And you could see it with the big four situation last January, and you can see it again because, like, these Alan McCann's not going to be here for long because he's. He's a superb player. Emil Reith, I don't think he'll be here for long. I think they'll be here past January, 110%. But it's about this next stage as well, because you're losing Iverson at the end of the season. Yeah. Iverson, will, Iverson might even go in January. 
Who knows? You know, he, he's he's a top top keeper. Who knows? A, a, a club, Brentford for all sorts. You know, well, if he goes in January, we are done. We are. There's no, yeah, we're finished. There's nothing. The well, frustrating thing for me is Frankie's going on about oh, oh we we've been solid and tough to beat. You've not been tough to beat. You've just got the best goalkeeper in the league that's kept you in countless amount of games. If you didn't have him in there, we'd have lost another five or six games, and then you, oh god, we're in the relegation zone, and it, it's just covering up the cracks, and it's brilliant. <laughs> It's possible staying up, but at the end of the day, he's not going to stay with us at past the end of this season. Next season, we carry on with this attitude and mentality, it's going to end in relegation. If it's not this season, it's 100% next season. There needs to be a big change at the club, and yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's how it is. There needs to be a big change in. Most departments, if not all, there needs to be. Well, I say most departments. Like I, I'm not, I'm not on about like the media or anything like that. You, you understand what I mean? There needs to be a change in the hierarchy. There needs to be changes in the decision making, in the recruitment. There needs to be changes on the pitch by the players. There needs to be changes by the management team. If not. These changes need to be replacements. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do. It would give everyone that. that that's that's the best hope. way to say it. If the, if there's no plan in place and there's no change, there needs to be replacements for these people. The, that that's the bottom line. Because if you start a downward spiral, Preston North End could ease. Like we we go into League One, we're losing money. Like we're, we're we're losing. I don't even know. I think I think sixteen sixteen million. I think the um, the last time we went down, it when we were in Championship the year or two before and year two after, we were bringing in. I, I want to say around seven to eight million a season, and in League One, I, I want to say it was two to three million. Well, look so at that's the, that's a massive the difference off. for a look club like Sunderland as well in in the, that league that they have a massive budget, massive fan base. They've not got themselves out of there. There's Sheffield Wednesday, no. Ipswich, Portsmouth. There's now Bolton, there's Wigan. This league is, if you go down, there's a good chance you're there a lot longer than the first time. Yeah. And you know why that is? It's because League One, and you'd even say League Two to an extent, is the breeding ground for these hungry up-and-coming players and hungry up-and-coming managers, more importantly, you look at, um, Ryan I believe it's Ryan Lowe at Portsmouth, <laughs> yeah, in absolute wonders. And it's, it's you, the even look at, you want to be, isn't it? You, you look at Russell Martin, who's come up for yeah. uh, MK Swansea. Uh, well, yeah, MK Dons and Swansea. Um, it's just, <laughs> my, my point is, is that the, these managers and these players are hungry and they want to come up and play, whereas... You you look at Ipswich, your Portsmouths, your Sunderland. Well, it, it, Ipswich they don't have had backing, haven't they? It's a stagnating club, isn't it? Well, Ipswich have needed huge backing this season. I'm not even sure how much. Brought in like 25 players or something. Yeah. And there's a, a lot, so so North End are never going to just switch out 25 players just like that. We well, did under Wesley. Well, yeah, but what I want to say is you're not going to change out 25 players now. No. You're not. And we got told, oh, there's going to be a big rebuild. Yeah, yeah. It's January's a preparation. 
Just look, where, look where we're at. Yeah, again, we're going to be needing another rebuild. Well, we're getting it again. We'll be. I mean, we're not. We're not. We're not going to rebuild because these players are on two and a half year contract. It's Who's going to watch? Lies. A League One clubs. A League One clubs going to want any of our players, like any of these fringe players. Nah, no. not yeah. a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they are, can can they afford them with the um, wages. The cap, the wages. No, we're, we're, no. I mean, I understand if we send them out, we'll be paying the wage. So, where where's that leave us? We're we're pay, we're paying the player to play for another club. Super yeah. brilliant, nice one. So, yeah. you, you oh, something needs to change. That, that's that's it. Uh, we the, the one positive I can see at the minute is the young players coming through. You look at the yeah. under nineteen squad from last week. These young local yeah. lads who mm-hmm. uh, I agree. It's, it's a strong word, but hating Blackpool. Like these are fans who want to play for the club, and that is that is the one salvaging part that I can look forward to and say, you know, in four or five years, these young lads will be coming through and playing for our team. It's all right. Uh, we've, got, we've got a local lad called Tyree Stolen coming up. Yeah, yeah. Been, you know. Wonder if we'll keep him. Yeah, Joe Rodwell Grant as well, supposed to be the next big thing, playing in pre-season, still can't get a game in the squad, but fucking Brad Potts can up front. Yeah, brilliant. Right, well... Well, we 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 called we called the past podcast time for a change, and the, 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 the last the one was Reese will tear you apart again, and I, I think last weekend's was a bit of a positive. Um, but it was time for change in episode. I'm not sure what episode it is, but you know, it's 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 getting to the time now where it's. it's Something has to give. It's something it's the manager has to give. And, well, and what I would say is, as fans, you need to group together because there is no point just going off on tangents. Like, there needs to be... Like, the club at the moment doesn't really have a plan, but the fans need to have an idea of what they want because they need, they need to have the same opinion because if everyone wants to pull the same way... They've got to agree to it. So now's the time to come together. Yep. As a fan base. But unless you boys have got anything else to say, I think it's time to wrap it up there. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I'd like to say is oh, great God. away sport at Forest turned up in our numbers. Very close to selling it out. I think 60, 70 tickets left. Great atmosphere on the day. Great day out. Um, yeah. And it, Massive, massive, yeah. massive! Well done to the three hundred and seven fans who went to Bournemouth on the Tuesday night as well. Uh, I, I hope they enjoyed it. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I had like did, didn't it on the pitch? Did <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, it's superb. But um, yeah, thank you, boys, and uh, thank you, but listeners, for listening. And we will be back after the international break, hopefully with a. Uh, Positive, positive pod as I say always but <laughs> never seems to happen does it never no. seems to happen does it hopefully um, one year so... we'll have a whole season of good positivity <laughs> hopefully for a positive pod uh, but anyway cheers boys cheers, cheers. thank you right.